I'm Kelly Beeman. I'm Judy Fabjansen. You're listening to Improv Nerd. Jimmy, Jimmy Crane, Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Jimmy Crane's an improv nerd. Jimmy Crane's a nerd. Oh, hey everybody, you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd. I'm your host, Jimmy Crane, and we are sponsored by the good people at Pan Theater in Oakland. Now, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and you're looking to get your improv fix in, I want you to check out Pan Theater's Improv Dojo Drop-In Class. It's a fun chance to laugh, to learn, and to play. And also be sure to check out Pan's quarterly auditions for house teams like Awkward Face and Liquid Mind and Sunday Brunch. All you need to do is visit pantheater.com for details. Pan Theater has been bringing improv goodness to the San Francisco Bay Area for over a decade. Visit pantheater.com for current shows and class schedules. But wait, there's more. Pan Theater offers master-level improv workshops with leading guest instructors, including me, Jimmy Corain, host of The Improv Nerd. I have been there three times last year and had a great time. All you need to do is visit pantheater.com for more details on upcoming master-level workshops. That's pantheater.com. Today's episode is also sponsored by Philly Improv Theater's Duo Fest 2015. So come one, come two, because submissions for Philly's Improv Theater's Duo Fest 2015 are now open and accepting two-person improv act submissions through March 2nd. Now in its sixth year, Duo Fest is the only improv festival in the country dedicated to improv duos. This year's Fest runs June 3rd to June 6th, and all accepted acts will receive a package of serious benefits, including one or two paid performances during the Fest. Past acts have come from around the world and included performers like 30 Rocks, Scott Atzit, Jed Eveleth, Joe Bill, Jill Bernard, Asaf Ronan, and more. For more information, go to duofest.com. That's duofest.com. We have a very emotional and a very moving episode of Improv Nerd for you today. Our guests today is Judy Fabgents and Kelly Beeman. Now, Judy is a beloved teacher at the Second City here in Chicago and a member of GACO. Kelly Beeman is also a member of GACO. They are married, and they currently wrote a show about Judy's cancer called Tales of a Stage 4 Cancer. It is a sketch show, and it is written from Kelly's point of view, and that of a caretaker. For the improv part of the show, they're actually going to uh, perform some sketches from their show. But before we get to the interview with uh, Judy and Kelly, I just want to say that I'm very grateful that we got to do this episode. Because we did an episode just with Judy alone, I would say about a year, a year and a half ago. And it was a very moving episode, as you'll find this one as well. She was very vulnerable and very candid about her struggles with cancer, which have been going on for quite some time now. And at the end of the show, for whatever reason, it didn't record. So we didn't capture it, and we never got to air it because we didn't have anything to air. And I have to say, I was uh, very disappointed. I was devastated. I was really angry about it. Um, and I had to tell Je- Judy uh, eventually that, uh, of course, I, me being passive-aggressive, hoping it would go away, uh, eventually had to tell her, uh, and being the coward that I am, d- did it over Facebook messaging or uh, email. And after I gave her the bad news, and I told her, 
And I just kept it in the back of my mind that I, I, we've got to find a way to, to get her back on. And uh, so I saw she was coming into Sketchfest, and I saw this wonderful piece that the local news did on her and Kelly in the show. And I'm like, there it is. So here it is, the Judy and Kelly episode. Enjoy. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd, oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd, he's a nerd. It is so, first of all, I want to apologize. Because the last time, Judy did a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful show, and it just didn't record. And so we lost it, so I want to apologize. Thank you. Are you okay with that? I am okay Were with you that. upset at all about that? Mm-hmm. I was very angry. I was sad. I okay. was never angry. Okay. But I you love have a, you. Right. And you have cancer, and so I'm sure that in the scheme of things, that wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> right. Does, does having, can I ask you, does having cancer put stuff in perspective? Like oh, this is, yes. In what way? Uh, it makes me prioritize different things. It makes me realize what's really important to me and what's not. Like, just, if I want to do something, I do it. So what bothered you, what would have bothered you before having cancer? Boy, <laughs> everything. <laughs> was, everything? No. Kelly, no. Would, did everything bother her? No, I mean, you know, m- missing a train or, or uh, you know, something getting canceled would be nothing. I mean, I think it's for me, too. It would, it would just be like a 7 on, out of 10. And now it's just like, you know, whatever. Yeah, or just even not being able to drive. I'm not able to drive right now because of the breast cancer in my brain. So wait, breast cancer goes to your brain, can go to your brain? Mm-hmm. Tell me wh- wh- where your cancer is now. It's in my lungs, my ribs. Butt bone? My tailbone. <laughs> tailbone, that's the professional word. Um, Some lymph nodes. Um, and her my brain. My tenth vertebrae. Tenth vertebrae. And my brain. And what, what is the outlook for this? Um, I haven't talked the, to my doctor about it, um, because I don't want to know. I okay. just want to keep living. And, and a lot of, I, I, we get asked that question a lot. I think a lot of people think that, you know, they see cancer on television, you know, on ER or Grey's Anatomy or something. Somebody comes in and the doctor's like, you have cancer. You have three months to live. And it's not like that. Cancer is a disease that people live with for a long time. Um, and yes, there are studies and statistics that show there are a certain amount of years or whatever, but every person's cancer is different and individual. Yeah, my doctor said it's like a chronic disease, basically, that it's treatable, that I still have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm... <laughs> I like the word... A lot. <laughs> That's what I'm holding. How, and how do you deal with it, Kelly? Um, I, I mean, there isn't like a secret formula. I just like I think people people deal with it. You just do it. You, there's no other choice. Um, I try to take care of myself as best as I can by I try to work out. I haven't done it as much as I wanted to, but um, in you know I. Just everything is, is for her. I, you know, and have I have this little part for me, and then the rest is for her. Mm-hmm. So let's talk uh, a little about. Um, uh, let's start with you, Judy. You grew up in Mount Prospect, mm-hmm. which is a suburb outside of Chicago, and you were really a teenager when you started at Second City Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you said some of your favorite teachers were Dave Rosowski and Martin DeMott, Brian Posen, Stephen Colbert, and Stephen Carell. What did you take from Colbert and Carell in particular? Wow. Um, well, David Rosowski, I'm not David Rosowski, sorry, uh, Carell and Colbert. Um, just to try to read up, like know what's going on in the news, like that was a Colbert Mm-hmm. thing um, just to know what's going on in the world so you can satirize it right otherwise you won't be able to satirize it um, and Steve Carell I think he taught us a lot about relationships mm-hmm. about having the scene be about the relationship between the human beings on stage uh, so that I really like and did, recently you guys got married right in mm-hmm. New York um, uh, and did, didn't you go and see Colbert when you were there? Yes. And how was that? Because you hadn't seen him for a long time. And he's been very good, generous, hasn't he, mm-hmm. through this cancer? Yeah, he's emailed me. He's When we had a fundraiser, he sent tickets for the show, for the fundraiser. For his show, the Colbert For report. his show, yeah, for VIP tickets. So they got to go backstage. and So, yeah, when we went, um, his assistant got us tickets. I just asked. I just thought, it's a dream of mine. They could say no, and that won't kill me. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> like, one thing that has changed since she got cancer, is that she asks for help more, and not just, you know, like, help me get out of bed, but like, you know, this whole mentality, what's the worst thing is they're going to say no, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you. you get to see him when you were there? Yes. And how was that? It was wonderful. It was just like nothing had changed. And the first thing, well, first we thought it was going to be 150 people jammed in a room. And it wasn't. It was his green room plus the two of us. It was just the two of you in the green room. Yeah, for about 10 minutes with him. Um, And he apologized that it was so short. Did you get up? He had to go edit the show. He's like, we have to edit the show by 9.30. And it's 840. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it was wonderful. The first thing he asked about was my health. He's like, please tell me what's going on. Um, and I did. And then he asked me for advice on improv. Yeah. <laughs> what did he ask you? He was teaching a workshop at uh, his children's school the next morning. And he said, what are some good warm-up games to play? <laughs> and what did you give him? Zip zips uh, up? I gave him... I, Kitty Wants a Corner. Love that one. Uh, I am someone who, and I just said exercises that get everyone involved, so no one's just sitting. Um, he said, "He said you were a student of mine 17 years ago, right?" <laughs> and I said, "Yes." And then he said, "I need some advice." <laughs> That's like, pretty awesome. <laughs> He's asking me advice about improv. <laughs> Kelly, how'd you get into improv? Um, well I, well, I moved here for work uh, after college, and then uh, I had learned about Second City, and I was too afraid to do improv at first, so I did the writing program, and then I, um, and I, did, uh, I was just a writer in a sketch group called The Uncomfortables for uh, three or four years, and then one of the other writers said he was going to do improv, so I did, and uh, my level A at Second City was uh, this extremely hot teacher. Judy Fadjan. Yeah. It was me. Um, 
so that's when I yeah, started doing it more, and then she convinced me to audition for Geico, um, and I did, and uh, um, yeah, I've just been doing it ever since. So. And how was that? You know, like students, teacher, how, how was that? Was that awkward? <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing. Okay. I basically say that nothing okay. happened, we're, we're, and it did not happen. Nothing happened. Nothing Great. Happened. We thought that each other. I was like, she's cute. She's yeah. talented. So there was like what, an attraction. What, what else? What else did you think about yeah. me? Oh, what did I you say? said it the other day in the kitchen. You thought I was. Oh, awful. socially awkward. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Judy finds that attractive. And I'm not. I do. I'm not socially awkward. She was just so goofy and like. I was better. nervous around her, you know, like Because you were attracted to her. I was attracted to her, but I had seen a gay co show. I saw a wedding to mass destruction, and you know she was amazing. And I was like, uh, and I got nervous around lesbians. I was, I was, you know, I was out for about six years, but I still was nervous around lesbians. So. Yeah, and we were both. In relationships, yes. so um, plus she was a student. Of I mine. fell down during class by accident. We were doing um, what show us how to get show down. us how to get down, and I did this dance. Like show us this, how to get down, you know, like yeah. this dance. And I there was a chair behind Grabbing me, grabbing one foot like, and that. I put my foot on it and leaned forward. And this foot's down, so I fell over. And while everyone else is doing my dance, I'm on the ground. <laughs> and she was. Like, after the final class, I usually go out with the group for one drink, and they all ask about, how do we get on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kelly didn't ask that, but I gave everyone a hug when I was leaving. I was seeing everyone give her a hug, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to have to hug her. And oh my so, goodness. she gave me this... So you do it. You, so she went to hug me, like this, like, and I went... You shook her hand? Yeah. yeah. You gave her like a, it was a weird, weird, weird uncomfortable. And you probably wanted a hug, right? Judy? I, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. But because at this point, you, you were probably attracted to her, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yes. You, you didn't have to act on it, you right. know, because yeah. you're a professional. Right. Thank you. Know? you. Thank you. And then, what, then who asked who up after that? Well, it was a long time after that. Like yeah, how it was, long? It was years. Really? Yeah, I don't even know. Because you were both in relationship. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, we were both in long-term. But we had started doing Gecko, and we became friends, and then, uh, you know, just love blossomed. And what I find interesting, Kelly, is really, you guys started dating, and then quickly after that, Judy was diagnosed with cancer, right? Yes, mm -hmm. pretty much during that is when we started dating, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's been the whole relationship. So she stuck with me. Mm -hmm. Can I, how do you do it? Honestly, I mean, for both of you, it, you're so brave. I, I look at the Facebook every couple months. It's like Judy's back in the hospital. How do you guys get through? How do you get through it? From from the caregiver side, um, we cry a lot, uh, but you know, it's a good thing. Um, no, I you just do um, you. I I don't know. I don't. I really don't know how we. We try to take advantage of every moment that we can get, um, and I don't know, it's just you, you have no other choice, and what else are you going to do? I mean, you know, I can't, I, I, I think too, I have a, um, part of my personality is, is a caregiver, uh, I get that from my parents, like, I've always been a problem solver, that's what I do at work. Um, so it's, it's, you know, and that's, and that, it's great because I have this problem solved, but it's also, I can't solve this problem, you know. Do you get angry? Because I would, I would get angry. Oh my like, God. What, what are the things that you get angry about as a caregiver? 
Um, well, I, I get really angry when I hear people complain about stuff at work when it's really not important. Um, or when people give me shit about uh, not being at work a lot. And it's like, do you really think that I want to not be here, you know, but to go to the doctors with her and stuff? Um, and it's just, you know, the, the hard part is that there's nothing to be angry at. I mean, you can be angry at cancer, but there's not, you can't go punch cancer in the face. How about God? Are you pissed off at God? No, I'm, I'm not a person that believes that he has, if he is there, has anything to do with giving this to whatever, you know. I, I don't, I mean, we, we, we do, we have a scene in our show about, I play a preacher um, doing a taste bud revival because uh, she lost <laughs> her taste buds um, due to chemo and... Um, just because we, we would get frustrated. I get frustrated when people say things about prayer and how they're praying for us as if, and I know what they mean. They mean well. They need something good to say. They need to feel like they're putting, and they're putting out positive vibes. But what I get angry at is, is and we say this in the show, is like, like, you're praying for God to take it away. Does that mean God gave it to her? You know? Um, and so we, I struggle a lot with that. And you know, when people try to bring God into it as if he can be like, oh, I, I didn't realize that she had cancer. I should have been paying more attention. Erase, erase, erase. You know, like that's going to happen. Yeah, I have someone in my Gilda's Club support group. Gilda's that... Club is a cancer support group? Mm-hmm. Okay. Amazing group. Yeah, they're wonderful. They have caregiver uh, support groups. They have children support groups. They have teens. They do yoga. They have parties. It's all free to anyone with cancer or who, anyone who has family with cancer. Friends. Or even friends. Or even friends. Yeah. And you were going to say? Yeah, so my Gilda's Club support group, I have this woman who I will not name, um, who just anything that's going on, um, praise the Lord, praise Jesus, praise Jesus, just believe in him and he will fix everything. Everything will be good. And uh, we had a woman, unfortunately, pass away very recently in our support group, and she was very ill and came to the final group, basically, to say goodbye to all of us. And this woman was still like, you have to stay positive, you have to stay positive, and praise the Lord and praise Jesus and, and trust in Jesus. And she put this woman in her place and was like, I am dying. There's nothing else they can do for me. Please stop. Stop saying that. How was that for you to see that? It was amazing because it's something that the rest of the group was thinking and wanting to scream at this woman. <laughs> but in terms of like seeing somebody that candid about dying. It was so, I don't mean to say impressive, but... I am not there at all. I'm terrified to die. I'm terrified uh, of going through any pain, of not knowing what it's like. Um, so for her, she was like, I'm at peace. I've dealt with it. I'm okay. Does your daughter ever bring up you dying? She doesn't bring up me dying, but she does bring up the fact that I'm sick and she'll say that I'm sick. Um, we talk about cancer, not a lot, but um, 
you know, we don't hide it from her. Yeah, we've had, I always joke that she would be wonderful at facilitating a support group at Gilda's Club <laughs> because she knows what chemotherapy is. She knows what radi radiation is. She knows what chemo brain is. She knows what chemo brain is. She knows that I get tired. Mm -hmm. um, so she's just so knowledgeable. And about a week ago, we had this beautiful conversation about it. We have a, a kid's cancer book called Butterfly Kisses. And um, it's beautiful. And it asks questions that you're supposed to talk over with your child when you read it. Like, do you get mad? Do you worry about mommy? And it talks about chemo and radiation and all that. And so we went through that and she opened up and said she worries, but she doesn't get angry. And uh, yeah, we, we talk about it. She knows everything that happens. And wasn't there a song she sang to you? Or you sang to her? Yeah. What yeah. is that song? It's called Bailu Baby. Mm -hmm. And you sing about all the people who will love her. Mm -hmm. Um, all their lives. And how does it go? Can you give me a couple? Yeah. It goes, uh, bye, Lou, baby. Bye, Lou, baby. Bye, Lou, baby. Bye, Lou, baby. Bye. Mommy will love you. Mommy will love you. Mommy will love you all of my life. And then you sing about how Kelly will love you and Grandma and Grandpa will love you. I go through my whole family. That's beautiful. Yeah. So this show, what do you want people to take away from? Um, I mean, we... This is in any particular order, but you know, educate. Just that there's so much that people don't understand about cancer, even though it is everywhere. Um, just about like what metastatic means and um, what couples go through when you're having it. And I, I, I'm, I really am happy that we have my point of view as a caregiver, because um, uh, I've heard. Uh, I, we had I had a went to a caregiver workshop and the caregiver says that it's actually harder on the caregiver than the cancer patient and I I don't know about that but um, just so people realize that it is just what it is like uh, to cry all the time <laughs> um, but yeah but but also to see that cancer doesn't have to be all sad like it's we we're, we're, this show is a victory show. You know? Mm hmm And it's about uh, Kelly Leonard. It's not about it's Kelly a, Leonard. It's about Kelly Leonard from but Second Kelly City. Kelly Leonard, the <laughs> producer of Second City. <laughs> there were two thoughts there. Um, I met with Kelly Leonard recently, and I just think he put it so well oh, yeah. that he said, it's a love story. Mm. Our show's a love story between the two of us. Um, and I just happen to have cancer, and she happens to be my caregiver. So we want to, yeah, entertain, mm -hmm. educate, enlighten we want to make you laugh we also want to make you cry and we do <laughs> but we do cry. yeah <laughs> so let's see a little of that okay so we've got sure. two scenes mm -hmm. do we need to set anything up or do we want to the, the first scene do, you, no. no we don't need to just... set anything and this is from your show yeah okay so uh, let's take 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 a look All right. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, mm. I'm just not. I just don't feel sexy. Stop it. No, I'm serious. Okay. Well. All right. Well, try this. Okay. All right. Well, I have this fantasy that we're both laying naked on a lawn chair at an all-inclusive sandals resort in Jamaica. Ooh. Mm, yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. We can't do that because of the chemotherapy. I have to make sure that I don't get a sunburn. Oh, shh. <laughs> it's okay. We put on SPF 50 before we started. Ooh. <laughs> Safe sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, 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 no. Jamaica isn't gay friendly. No, no, it's an all-inclusive resort. I don't think that that's what they mean. Oh. Okay, well, okay, I have another one. All right, okay. so we're at that nightclub, Neo, mm -hmm. you know, and we're like dirty dancing on the dance floor, and then that LMAFO song, Sexy and I Know It, comes oh, yeah. on, and we just we just start doing it on the dance floor, and everyone's like, oh my god, they're doing it, let's Facebook post Oh, wait, post no, this. no, 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 because of the whole brain radiation, I get so tired and exhausted all the time, I don't think I'd even last an entire song. That's right, you wouldn't last an entire song because of my sexiness. <laughs> elevator goes up, elevator goes down. All right, you are sexy. And I know it. <laughs> but can we, can you please choose a fantasy that is less exhausting? Okay. Um, okay, I got what I write. You're stranded on the side of the road on 90, you know, near medieval times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, because your alternator broke. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. We just spent 475 bucks getting it replaced. <laughs> it was before that, okay? Okay. Um, and so, so you call AAA, and I show up in like a, a, a white tank top and like overalls and bandana. I'm like, what well, seems to be the problem with this? And you're like, help me. And then we just start doing it on the hood of the car. Oh, wait, mm. wait, no, no. We can't because of the tumors in my brain. Remember, I can't drive in case I have a seizure. Oh, no, 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 no. This is like a special sexy car with autopilot. Oh, mm. yeah. Wait, 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 is that now? Or in the future, because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. Don't talk like that. What? You're not going anywhere. Besides, you have just as much of a chance of getting hit by a bus. Why does everyone keep saying that to me? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait, I have a fantasy. Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. so we're both... You? Darn it, I don't remember. We're both... Um... Ah, I can't remember, stupid chemo brain. Um, okay, no, no, sorry, all right. We are two southern bells during the war of 1812. No, <laughs> no, they didn't have chemo back then. I'd be dead. Uh, okay, <laughs> we are in space. Solar radiation. Um, we're in China. No, and... no, you know, just never mind. Just, I'm sorry, I'm just not into this. Okay. Do you want to just watch TV and go to bed? Thank you for being a friend. Oh. Golden Girls. When I'm up, I'm 
doctors say it's a common thing, the ups and downs that cancer brings. This balancing act keeps us intact. It comes from love. You fit me like a glove. You can count on me from now to eternity. We make a great pair, one with and without hair. We're in this together. No matter the weather, that'll get us through me and you. You love watching TV, you'd rather sleep in, you cry all the time, you keep it all in, you drink when you're down, let the eating begin. We both like football and Tina Fey. We love to cuddle our problems away. Sometimes my hand wanders astray. I usually block you, which means no way. With you, I want to grow gray. I promise to love you until. pair one with and without hair we're in this together no matter the weather that'll get us through that'll get us through that'll get us through me and you I don't think a lot of people realize, but I would imagine if one person is going through chemo, it has to affect their sex life. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nodding. Yeah, I'm nodding. Okay. Yes. Is that where the, that scene came from? Actually, no. <laughs> um, we wrote a version of that scene without cancer. Without cancer in it back when we were we were trying we were writing a show for Geico called Breast and Show and it was just we kind of realized when we both try to fantasize about each other real world stuff always came in like oh well that's not safe sex or oh there's probably rusty nails there so someone was always like block, pushing a, pushing it away finding an excuse not to go there yeah, or yeah. just how that fantasy just wouldn't work out because mm -hmm. it, yeah, and then it's sand everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then they didn't. We didn't put it in the show because we had already so much material between the two of us. You were heavy in the shows. Yeah, say in the business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then when we were writing this show, we were like, why don't we put cancer into it because that is really what it is now. You know, the cancer keeps coming. Yeah, like I can't get a sunburn uh, and chemo. If you're out in the sun, can you can get burnt easily. So there's more things to block sex now in your life. Is yeah. that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah, and it's not even just about sex. Um, just anything you do. You, you can't not think about how cancer will affect it or how it will affect cancer, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, we're going on our honeymoon in, in Hawaii in February, and, you know, it's always in the back of our... We have trip insurance just in case something happens, but it's always in the back of our head of, like, can, can we make this plan, but, you know, because... Could something come up? Judy, do you not feel sexy 
with all this treatment and stuff like that? Yeah, being bald um, and just, you know, in 2008 I had a mastectomy, so I had my right breast removed. And so you're just like, oh. And then from the steroids that I was on, because um, I uh, have brain... Uh, There's some activity in her brain. They don't know if it's tumor or radiation that's inflammation. Been, that's uh, been swelling. And so it made me have a blackout. Um, and I'd get dizzy before the blackout. And, um, and then I would vomit immediately after... And so they put me on steroids for a month, and uh, yeah, 18 pounds later, you know. You get, so I'm just you like get, you get bloated and you gain yeah. weight from steroids. Yeah, so I'm like, how am I, how does she find me attractive? Like, why would she want to have sex with me? I do. <laughs> are you having enough sex? No, my therapist. Her therapist is our biggest cheerleader. She yeah. tells like, her to. Kelly's going to be so happy. Because my therapist is like, before the next time I see you, you two need to have sex. You need to be intimate with each other in that way. Mm. Um, but then she got a cold. <laughs> it was awful. It was worse than cancer. You said something to me when we talked before that this is therapeutic for you. Mm -hmm. um, how is it therapeutic for you? Because your energy is very low, right? Mm -hmm. Right now? Yes. Um, it's, I would imagine it takes every ounce to, to, to perform. Mm -hmm. Oh, it does. I was exhausted and I was afraid. Uh, in the song, I normally twirl and hurt. And last night during the show, I got dizzy and the audience laughed at me because I like was wobbly. So that's why we yeah. cut that out tonight. <laughs> I didn't want you to laugh at me. <laughs> I wanted you to laugh with me, but not at me. Um, but yeah, it's just an outlet. I get my anger out. I get something that doctor or like a doctor might have said or any type of observation mm -hmm. um did people say like in the in the the first uh, sketch did people say like oh you have you know you could be hit by you have a better chance of hit by a bus yes and I how do you take that which they say statistically it is true but i want to know where these buses are coming from <laughs> yeah. and why aren't they firing the drivers you know if, if, but they say that all the time yeah. and when they say that how do you feel about that i just I'm like, yeah, 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 because I hear it all the time. I mean, people just say, you can get hit by a bus. Like, like yeah, you have cancer. It's kind of them just saying, like, yeah, you, you have could cancer. Die anytime type thing. Is it that or is it denial? Like, they don't want to see that you have cancer and you oh, could right. die. Yeah, yeah, I see it like that. Kelly, how has doing this show helped your relationship? Well, it's funny. I never... When I was looking for ladies, I was like, I don't want to be with a comedian because I have to be the funniest person, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, when I fell in love with her, it, it was crazy because, like, we just complement each other's style so much because I'm, like, more of the wacky and she's more of the relationship scene. Um, so doing, we write, one of my favorite things to do is to write with her. Mm -hmm. And and we, 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 I think we write amazing stuff. And so it's, it's just so much fun to do something fun with her. And yeah, it's just, I, I, think, I think a lot of couples, if they had to work together, they might not be able to, to last, but I think this just makes our relationship so much stronger. Because the percentage of like someone who's has been a sick 
is Judy and, and their spouse staying together is like the odds are like really slim, right? Yeah, I when I was in the caregiver group at at Girls Club, the the they said usually either cancer either makes your relationship so much stronger or it will tear you apart. Um, and the, and they were saying that we've had a lot of people in here that it. And I, there were people in there with me that this like their their spouses were shutting down and. Blame, almost like putting the blame and anger into their spouse. So we're really lucky mm -hmm. that it's made us, it really has made us a, a stronger uh, couple. Mm -hmm. So how do you guys take so much pain and make it funny? How do you find the funny in it? Because I imagine when it's going on, it's not very funny. Right. <laughs> but even while we're doing it, we do find the funny. I mean, I think it's just our nature as comedians. Or, you know, we were born this way. Of it, it's it's our survival. I mean, I know for me, not she's not as much, but I that's my defense mechanism is to just find the funny in it so I can laugh, or I would just freak out and, and kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but like a couple weeks ago, you you you. Uh, or was it a couple months ago that you were back in the hospital? You had lungs, then you were on a walker because. How today is that funny? Or, or you could make that into a. a well, things like um, WGN came and did a piece on us. A great piece. Thank you. And um, I don't remember that at all. They interviewed her in the hospital and she doesn't remember. I don't remember that. There's a picture on Facebook of my daughter doing her homework in the hospital bed. Don't remember that. I had a phone call with a good friend. She called me. Don't remember and that. She said the funniest stuff when she was drunk. Oh yeah, what did I say? <laughs> and all of a sudden she just said, hey, do they have dogs here? We should take a class. <laughs> and then she laid back down. And then she got, and then she started laughing about it, and then she asked again, like, maybe maybe they should have a grocery store. Or it was like, just a random stuff. And I'm cracking up, laughing at her. And, you know, these people are like, how is she doing? And I'm just like, she's hilarious. She's wasted. Do you think all the chemos help with your timing, your comic timing? <laughs> I, think they should do, I think they should do a study. But I yeah. noticed that you're, you're a little more forgetful. Is that the, is that the chemo? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is chemo brain. There's names. I'm awful with. Like usually um, when I teach classes, I teach improv classes at Second City, by the end of the second week, I will know all 18 names. Uh, now, it'll be the end of the term and don't remember their name. Yeah, they come see a show and like who, they talk about me being their teacher. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> Um, what do you guys say to improvisers who are afraid of talking about dark subject matter or personal stuff like you guys are doing in this show? I just don't be. Um, it, it has to, it'll come out in some other way if you have this dark or problem going on, so why not make it fun and funny? But at the same time, you know, make it sm not smart, but just make it uh, respectful of, you know, don't make it so people are laughing at you about it. You know, don't be insecure about it. Like, let them laugh with you. Yeah, and, and I feel better. Sorry, sorry, you go. Oh. Uh, I have a friend who's a breast cancer survivor, um, who is also an improviser, and uh, I'm. She does stand up right now, and she's trying to 
get not the courage, but just uh, she wants to start writing a one-woman show, and I'm like, do it, mm -hmm. do it, you know. And it's crazy. You find the audiences are so much more supportive of you when you have this true subject to talk about. I, like I, I was saying backstage to you, you, you go out on stage and you never feel so much supported if you mess up the, and then the, then with the audiences that we have. Um, and even just, I, we went to lunch the other day, and we, we don't do gluten and dairy. We, I'm allergic to it, and she's supportive. Well, because you have Crohn's disease on top of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for God's sakes. It's fun. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> A little poop here and there. Um, is that what it is? is it just... It's intestinal. All right. Yeah, so you have, like, diarrhea and stuff yeah, like oh, that? Oh, I don't now. I'm in uh, remission. Oh, okay. For, but, um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of a pain in the ass when we go to restaurants. <laughs> When she's here, there, the waitresses are so much nicer to us because they, you know, they see, oh, she's a cancer patient, and it's great. But at the same time, it's kind of a shame. Like, why, why, why can't everyone treat everyone like they're a cancer patient? Why can't, why can't you be that nice to everyone? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I think the audiences are this will react that that way. You know. The, well, do you use the cancer? Because if I had it, I'd be like, hey, I'm not waiting 20 minutes for a table. I'm, I'm dying. Do you ever use that? Do you ever, yeah. Judy? Yeah, I'm trying to think of examples, but I well, do. We play, I, we play the cancer card. Yeah, we always say it's, it's the, the cancer, cancer card. card. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, shit. She does it all My time. phone is going off, so will, an excuse. Will you, go, will you go get me some water? I have cancer. Yeah, I do say that. But like as a caregiver, I'd be like, F you. I've been doing that, you know, for the last <laughs> okay. eight years. I can't say no to her. Yeah. I don't know. But when else do I do that? I do it. Or just even today we went to see the remake of Annie with my daughter and what? my brother um, and Daphne. And, um, you know, just like being able to go first. <laughs> or people let me go in front of them in line. And I just, I just kind of, especially with my walker, it was awesome. <laughs> I would get up to the thing and I go, "What's the cancer price for the movie?" Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, "What I, oh. seniors? What's the cancer price?" What's well, funny? Well, not funny, but we we don't have to play it much because people just give us stuff, and it's like amazing. what stuff do they give you? Well, just recently, uh, this woman—I don't remember the name of the organization—but um, her name is Dana, and she somebody connected us. And she gave Daphne this giant box of toys and things for Christmas. Um, and she said she does that for children who have a parent going through cancer. And she also said, hey, let me, Daphne's birthday's coming up in March. She said, I also do birthdays, so give me her wish list. So there were things that Daphne actually wanted that she went out and purchased because she gets donations. Are you, because I think the last time we talked, are you having, is it easier now to take that stuff in? Yes. Yeah. And, and how have you been able to take that stuff in? Um, I mean, I'm still so thankful and want to thank them 20 times and they're like, stop, <laughs> stop, stop it. Um, but I'm just able to take, people bring us meals still. Um, There's a realization of... They're, they're doing it. We, we want to help, but at the same time, it, we're letting them help us, and that makes them feel better. Like, people don't know how to feel, and by actually physically being able to do something makes them feel good, so just let it happen, you know? Mm -hmm. 
We've got to wrap this up. Sure. I quickly want to say the, the last this, the song that you came up with, can you just tell me in, in a couple seconds how that came about? Yeah, uh, I wrote... Yeah, we wanted to write something about how, because we are, when I'm really positive, she's really negative. When she's really negative, I'm really positive, and they do say that... What happens when couples, you're both really negative? Um, we attract each other and fly to different sides of the room. Okay. Um, Eating a lot of sugar. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> is what happens. Um, but so we wanted to write a, a song about that, and I wanted to, I was like, yeah, it'll be funny, blah, blah. And then, of course, Miss Sirius over here, she was, you were up all night from some steroid rage that she had, and uh, she wrote this just beautiful song, and how, you know, we're, we're different, but we love each other so much. And, and you told me that Mick Napier had come in and kind of mm -hmm. gave you a note that really changed that song. What was that, Judy? He said, what's the name of that song? And I said, it's called You Can Count On Me. And he said, that is what your show is about. Mm -hmm. And we need to get some one-liners. So if you see our show ever, um, we have some touching one-liners about each other throughout the show. And why was that important to put those touching one-liners in the show? Well, he had said, he's like, yeah, yeah the show's about cancer. It talks about that, but I want to know about Judy and Kelly. I want to know about, about y'all as people and, and as a relationship, as a couple. And that's people, that's feedback after the show. People are like, that was my favorite part when you mm. said that. Because there's like, we reveal things about each other that are funny. Some are sincere, but there's a lot that are funny. Um, one specific one about Judy farting in her sleep and waking herself up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, is that what happens when you get chemo and cancer, that you, your farts are that <laughs> potent? Has Judy always had that? Well, she's always had cancer since I've been with her sleeping next oh. to me. Okay. Um, so it's we, only during the e evening. In bed, it doesn't happen. It's when we're on the couch. I mean, it's a couch thing. Um, we got to wrap this okay. up. This was wonderful. Uh, before we end, one piece of advice you would give an improviser starting out today. Judy? Wow. Um, keep at it, and but you have to know that it's not one eight-week class. It's a good 10 year, <laughs> 10 years of working hard, taking classes everywhere, unless you're Tina Fey, um, and do it much more quickly. Um, so yeah, but just keep at it, take classes everywhere, not just in improv, in acting, tap dancing, playing an instrument, take classes in guitar, and, and know that it takes good 10 years. Kelly? I would say um, be yourself as much as you can. When I, when I do my strongest material, it's when I'm being myself, although you know I might be playing a uh, magician doctor, but it's, it's a version of me or a heightened version of me. And I, that's the most fun is, 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 is playing yourself being these people. Why is that important? Because um, it's with improv, it's so much reaction of truth, based off of truth. And when you're you're using yourself, it can't even it can't be any more truthful because it's you. Kelly Beeman, Judy Fabjans, thanks for being our guest on Improv Nerd. Wow, we had another episode of Improv Nerd that's in the can, and I got to tell you that was an emotional one. I want to thank our guest, Judy Fabjans and Kelly Beeman for being our guests. I'd also like to thank. Uh, 
the good people here at Stage 773, the people that treat us like such rock stars. Also, my producer, Dan Schiffmacher, he's the one who makes us sound, makes me sound so slick and so professional. You wouldn't be hearing my voice right now if it wasn't for Dan. If you want more information about me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning improv classes here in Chicago, uh, go to my website, jimmycorain.com. Also sign up for my Improv Nerd blog newsletter. Each week I will send you a original blog that will help you become a better improviser and a better person. Well, the person part is up to you. All you have to do is go to my website, jimmycorain.com, and sign up. As you know, we're taking over social media. We're doing it uh, a little slowly, but we're starting on Facebook. Go to Improv Nerd and like our page. It really helps with my low self-esteem. Then follow me over to Improv underscore Nerd on Twitter and follow us that way. And also, we have a wonderful YouTube channel, which gives little clips of our live shows. Uh, we're also on Feral Audio. It is a podcast collective. We're so lucky to be part of such good company. People like Todd Berry and Dan Harmon and Steve Agee and Chelsea Peretti and Cameron Esposito. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So go to feralaudio.com. I'd like to thank our two sponsors today, uh, the good people at Pan Theater in Oakland for current shows and class schedules. Just go to pantheater.com. Also, uh, Philly Improv Theater's DuoFest 2015. For more information, just go to duofest.com. Of course, I want to thank you guys. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island, yeah. and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would, it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Well, Mr. Karloff, I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you 